One thing that I have come to realise, as I've mentioned already this morning, is that we are a people of waiting. From the dawn of time we have been waiting. Abraham waiting for God to give him a son. The Israelite slaves waiting for a redeemer. Moses and the Israelites wandering in the desert and waiting for the promised land. Israel then waiting centuries for a Messiah promised. And the early church right up to the modern day, waiting and watching for the coming of our Lord Jesus again in glory. We are a people of waiting. You may be thinking that Advent has come and gone. The waiting for this part of the year is over. We don't need to think about the waiting, preparing and the coming again till Easter. What I want to tell you is that we are and should always be waiting. If we just look before our reading from Luke, we do see a lot of waiting. The first and largest wait is for Jesus. We know the story of his birth, his flight to Egypt, and return to Nazareth. We know about how Joseph and Mary lost Jesus in the temple when he was still a young boy. But in total... We have around 30 years where Jesus is waiting, growing, or he's going about his daily life as a carpenter, or he's caring for his mother. We can often forget this because in the Gospels we skip straight from Jesus at zero to Jesus at 12 to Jesus at 33. Or in some Gospels we skip straight to Jesus at 33. But there is that long wait before Jesus' ministry begins. And during the week, this led me to think, well, what about the shepherds? The shepherds from Christmas Day. Or, in fact, anyone involved in that miraculous first Christmas. The Messiah is born. Angels appear to them. A wonderful star shines over Bethlehem. And after his birth, one of the first things that the shepherds would have known about was Herod killing all the young angels children in that region around Bethlehem. Then over 30 years of quiet. Some of them had probably even gone to their deaths before Jesus' ministry began. What would they have thought? Was it all a hoax? A lie? Was it all a dream? Probably the one thing that didn't seem evident was that the Messiah Emmanuel was now God with us and was bringing his kingdom forth on earth. We know the answer to those previous questions, but for them they probably had no idea, no way of knowing. So they just had to wait fruitlessly, hoping, watching. Everybody I'd imagine has a story of waiting, whether it's having to wait an hour for the train waiting a month to get the results back of whether the cancer is now gone, or having to wait a year or longer to get pregnant when trying to have a baby. You all have your own story. Each of them filled with their own particular heartache. Waiting is hard, and it's often long. So what do we do? Well, I'm so glad you asked. This morning, I'm going to try my best to answer that question using the texts that we have heard and some others as well. 
But first, something poignant that I read earlier this week. A sceptic looks up to heaven and cries, Look at the suffering, gods! If you're really up there, then tell us what to do. Back comes a voice. Feed the hungry, house the homeless, establish justice. The sceptic looks alarmed. Just testing, he says. Me too, replies the voice. Very easy to become discouraged while we wait, wait, even for the firmest of believers, to lose hope. And when you lose hope, then it's very difficult to actually get up and do anything about your waiting. It's much easier just to say, well, there's nothing more I can do. It's pointless me trying. I just need to wait for the time to come. But while we wait, we must be doing something. We cannot just wait and watch. There is always something for us to be doing. Now, I love the reading from Luke that we heard. But what I found when reading and researching in the past weeks is that there are incredibly interesting and important things that happened just before and just after our reading. Firstly, let's think a bit more about John. Now, John was born into a good family. His father was a priest in the temple. John would have been able to follow on from his father as a priest too. Without much effort, he could have become one of the most powerful men in Jewish Jerusalem. But while he was in the wilderness one day, the word of the Lord came to him. The first time it had come to any man in this way in nearly 500 years, making him like a prophet of the Old Testament. At this point, things changed for him. He now knows for sure that he is waiting, waiting for the Messiah to come. So he stays in the wilderness. John knows what is coming. He knows that the Messiah, Emmanuel, is soon to start his ministry. So what was the easy response? Well, what's the point in me doing anything? When the Messiah comes, he's going to be able to do so much more than I will. Is God in human form. Why would he need me to do anything for him? I'm sure he'll be able to complete his ministry without me. Well, on the one hand, yes. Of course God can make whatever he wants happen. If you say no, he'll just find someone else. But that's not the response of someone who's filled with the Spirit. The response of someone filled with the Spirit is not to just wait, but to prepare so as we know, John prepared by acting, by baptising people in a completely new way, forgiving their sins in a completely new name. And this really did prepare the way for Jesus. John's message really does echo the message to come. John was preaching a simple message of austerity, which totally countered the rabbis, all their in-depth laws and rules of the time. Now, he lived at a time with some startling similarities to ours today, in which the rich were getting richer and the poor were getting poorer. And his message was simple. It was shockingly similar to Jesus' message to come. If you are blessed enough to have more of something than you need, then give the rest away. Whether it be money or food or clothes, 
If you have enough, give the rest away. And when he was baptizing people on the Jordan outside of the city in the wilderness, interestingly, anyone who came to him had to have made a conscious decision to go there. Because he was so far outside the city, it wasn't somewhere where you'd get a lot of passers-by. The people who came to him included Herod's soldiers and some tax collectors. Now when they came, he heard the soldiers say, well, it's okay if I steal some money because Herod doesn't pay me enough. And the tax collectors said, it's okay if we overcharge because we only get paid enough money to just about get by. And his response was the same as Jesus's too. The law is not to be broken at all, even in the event of injustice. Rather than adding in sin, stand up against the injustice in the right way. Speak up, no matter what the consequences. And this was something that eventually cost John his life. He spoke up against Herod's adulterous relationship with his brother's wife, as we heard in our reading, and many other things that Herod had done. And so we heard that he was put in prison, and we know that he was later executed for voicing his thoughts. So John waited with great faith and with great action. And as I mentioned at the start, he wasn't the only person to wait in the Bible. And the common theme that keeps on coming in each of those stories about the people who wait on God is that they wait with faith and with action. The most famous waiters are, of course, the prophets who are foretelling something and someone greater to come. So let's look at our first our reading rather from Isaiah. This passage is the first one of four parts of Isaiah called the Servant Songs. Songs that we know are fulfilled in Jesus, in his life and works. The most famous of these is Isaiah 52 and 53, which talks of the man of sorrows who becomes the great intercessor. Now in Luke, as Jesus is baptised, we hear a voice from heaven, the voice of the Father, and he says, You are my beloved Son, with you I am well pleased. These are, in fact, words from Isaiah, from the start of our reading, chapter 42. And this actually echoes when Jesus is on the cross. Because when Jesus is on the cross, he says the first line of Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Thus alluding to the rest of the psalm, which ends in a cry of victory rather than suffering. And the one who has defeated all. Now in the same way, God's words here at the start of Isaiah 42 allude to the rest of this song of the servant. Now the end of Isaiah 41 tells of how man cannot receive redemption alone and of how the Lord is now with us. Then this song in Isaiah 42, which God points to in his words of Jesus' baptism, tells us of all the works of this God with us, this Emmanuel, that God has put his spirit upon him, that he will bring forth justice, that he won't cry aloud but rather defend the weak, that he will be a new covenant, a light for the nations, 
that he will help the blind to see, and that he will bring out prisoners from their dungeons. Amazing prophecy. Nearly 800 years before Jesus fulfilled it. Like somebody successfully prophesying in the 13th century, the times of the Magna Carta, what I do in my life today. The most incredible thing that this actually tells us is that everything in the whole of creation, everything in the whole of history, was preparing the way for the coming of the Lord. This was going to happen. Everything that happened in the entirety of history and everyone who lived was preparing the way for the coming of Jesus. God even shows himself that we can't just wait, but we must prepare. The best thing about waiting, though, is that it always has an end. It may not be exactly when we hoped, but it always has an end. Now, the baptism started, Jesus' death and resurrection finished. The baptism and those words from Isaiah 42, quoted by God, also showed that God is with us. Just after our reading, immediately after it, is a genealogy. One of those bits that everyone really looks at and thinks, it's just a bit boring, isn't it? A bit pointless. Why is that there? But in fact, it's an amazing part. That genealogy shows us the line of promise. All the way from God to Adam to David to Joseph. But wait a minute. Jesus isn't actually Joseph's son. And you're right. No, he isn't. But he is a part of that line. Not because he was born into it, but because he chose to be a part of that line. God chose to be adopted into that line. How incredible is that? Jesus is from God, therefore, to be Emmanuel, he had to choose our life over his godly life. Jesus is from God, therefore is instantly better than all of those men who came before him in that line. The waiting, all those tens of thousands of years, was for something pretty special. But that isn't the end. The waiting isn't over. Jesus came, he was baptised, he died and was resurrected. That part of the story is done. There is still something else that we are waiting for. There is another end. And that's his coming again in glory. Something we often want to pass off as not as important or not central to our faith is that Jesus is both saviour and judge. Saviour in the past, judge in the future. Saviour in the past because we don't need to wait for Jesus to save us. It's already done. We do need to wait for Jesus to come and judge us. As we've talked about already, waiting is not just about waiting. It's about having faith and about preparing. We are a people of waiting, but perhaps we should be a people of preparing. 
As Jesus says in Luke 12, Be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Our job is not to wait and watch and do nothing. Our job is to wait actively, to prepare for his coming, to be ready. John prepared by preaching the message of Jesus and by cleansing souls through baptism. He prepared by giving his life for the cause of the way. And so we too should prepare as we wait for Jesus to come again. Because we do not know when it will be. Every day, we should be ready to meet our Lord. And so every day, we should be preparing ourselves for that time, just as John did, by immersing ourselves in the Word, by knowing our Lord through prayer, and by professing the good news to all we meet. So people of waiting... Let's make ourselves a people of preparing. Amen.